Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first we want to give a shout out to our partners, We Coach, the Florida Coaches Coalition, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Don't. I'm watching you. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. Uh, these are all great companies I used as an AED or as a coach. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to help you create world-class content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your athletes, promote your teams. Your kids are on social media, so you should be too. Uh, Gipper is... Gipper's professional graphic design made easy, and it's used by over 3,000 high school and college programs across the country. Go to Gipper.com, mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. Check out their great uh, touchscreen consoles. When you're ready to buy, mention the podcast, this podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's VitalSignsWallOfFame.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at the highest level. Go to Huddle.com, see why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Make sure you check them out today. We also want to say thank you to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thank you to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, Snapraise. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. SnapRaise is hands down the best fundraising platform out there. But you've got Snap Manage, Snap Store, Snap Connect, and a whole lot more. You can find them all at snapraise.com. We'd like to thank Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, coaches clearance, and a whole lot more. As an AD, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic, and it'll be the same for you. 
To find out how to join the Home Campus team, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Their team will create a custom survey for your school that will let you take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys not only connects you with the 2%, they're going to connect you with the 98% that supports your program. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going uh, a little bit north today to Georgia, and we're going to be visiting with Lee McCoy. Lee is the head golf coach for men and women at Columbus State University. That's a Division II school in Georgia. He's got a pretty strong golf background. He was a three-time All-American at uh, the University of Georgia. He was SEC Player of the Year. I'll say that again, SEC Player of the Year. Uh, spent a few years on the pro tour. And now, uh, as I said, he's the head coach at Columbus State University. We connected in a very strange way, but I'm glad we've got him on the show. Uh, I know most of our listeners as ADs and coaches, um, you know, you were probably out on the golf course before you listened to this episode. Uh, I have the distinction in my group of being the worst golfer by a long way. So uh, I think a lot of my friends are going to enjoy this one and I will too. So Lee McCoy, welcome to the educational AD podcast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was a definitely a, an interesting connection, but I'm glad that it happened. Well, like all good connections, um, it, it started in a bar. So uh, <laughs> that's how I met my wife. So uh, we're going to continue that tradition. Uh, Lee, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through those uh, UGA days of glory, and then we'll take our first break and hear uh, a little bit more about your early career. But what's the Lee McCoy origin story? Yeah, I'll give you the highlights. Um, so, you know, you're down in Florida. I'm actually born in uh, in Tampa originally, so um, where they have the the tour event down in, in Tampa, the Valspar in Ennisbrook. Um, that's where I grew up. I lived in that neighborhood from age i think seven to 17 so um very cool when i when i got to tee it up in that event eventually but that's another story I'm sure we'll get there um so grew up down there ended up committing to play at the university of georgia as a sophomore in high school um, my parents always had a house in, in north georgia it was kind of their summer house um, so ended up doing my senior year of high school up in north georgia uh, got me in-state tuition, saved me, my, saved my parents some money, saved Coach Hack some money, worked out great for everybody. Um, so ended up playing at, at UGA for four years, uh, had a great time, obviously still a, a huge bulldog. Um, and, and boy, is it a good time to be a bulldog at that. I can't wait for college football season to start. Uh, but, um, you know, had a good career in, in college, um, like you said, All-American a few times, um, had seven wins, had some good scoring records and stuff like that. Um, got my got my seven PGA Tour starts out of college. Um, didn't play too well in any of those seven right out of the gate. Kind of struggled, missed a bunch of cuts. Um, 
played on PGA Tour Canada for a season, did pretty well up there. I think I finished sixth or seventh on the money list up there. That got me to the Corn Ferry Tour, um, played two full seasons out there. And I think I've played 13 or 14 PGA Tour events, kind of mixed in. So I've never had, never got full PGA Tour status, but um, played enough events out there to at least get to see what it was like and, and play with some really good players. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, I'm a, a, a big golf fan. Um, uh, I'm hopefully I'm not going off in the weeds here. Uh, a year ago, Netflix did that series on, uh, the pro golf tour. Did you happen to catch yeah. any of those episodes? I did. Yeah. I watched it all. Yeah. Sure. I, I thought, I mean, it was great entertainment, uh, as a pro yourself, you know, how accurate of a portrayal was that, you know, the, the home life, the travel, the, the, you know, trying to make cuts and things like that. Yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean, I enjoyed some parts of it. Didn't I, I was hoping for more, I guess, in some aspects. Um, you know, I, I wished it would have been a little bit more chronological and went kind of a little bit more in depth of, you know, between certain players that were in contention in certain weeks. There were some really good down to the wire tournaments that didn't really seem to get any coverage. It was hoping it would be a little bit more broadly focused on a bunch of different players rather than just a a select few, but yeah, I think it was a good insight into, you know, how those guys balance their, their home life and their professional life and travel and everything that goes into it. You know, you see, you see Joel Dahman beating himself up and, and that's a good, that's a good little insight into what the majority of, of guys out there are going through battling self-confidence issues and missing a bunch of cuts. And am I really good enough? And, you know, you'd think guys that once they got to the PGA Tour, they wouldn't have any self-confidence issues. But, you know, every time you move up the, to the next rung, you're uh, you're always going to have those those doubts. And it takes a lot of a lot of good results, I think, to to move past those doubts. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they probably had a dozen other stories that they had tape on. But, you know, those are the ones they ended up making the show out of. Uh, let's go backwards a little bit. Let's go back to your high school days. Um, the schools that in Florida, where I was an athletic director, we were very fortunate. We had, you know, I'll say good golf programs. We didn't have state champions, but you know, we had kids that played and we sent a few on, uh, sent a couple of Florida state. Um, I remember, maybe you can help me out on this. I remember one of our dads was telling us that there was a Florida high school and this might've been back in the, the nineties or something where on the high school team, they had three players that they all three went on to have decent pga careers uh is that story ring a bell with you it, uh it does but i'm having a hard time placing it too um so while you're thinking about that what was your high school experience like in florida i know you said you spent your senior year in georgia but did you have a good high school team or were you the one uh, that was carrying everybody we were we were solid. I think we averaged somewhere around eighth or ninth or tenth at the state championship. I mean, we made it to state every year pretty easily. Um, I think we had maybe three of us that were were pretty solid, and we were always struggling to to get that fourth score from from what I remember. You know, you, we'd put up a sixty eight, seventy two, seventy five, and an eighty three. <laughs> it was kind of one of the one of those situations it's always it's always hard to find five and that doesn't doesn't really change too much and once you get to the college level either um you know you see most teams have two or three pretty solid players and and then you know generally that that fourth score is the hardest one to get but but we had we had fun that was you know high school golf was when i first 
started to kind of realize, okay, maybe I, I may be able to actually do something with this. Um, I remember my, my sophomore year shooting a 62 at an event and, and everybody being kind of blown away by it. And I, and I was more blown away by it than anybody. I kind of just shocked myself. And, and next thing you know, I was standing on the 17th tee at like nine under and going, Oh my gosh, I can actually shoot these kind of scores. Like I, I had no idea. Um, but it just, it, I'll never forget that day. That was a, that was a crazy one. Um, oh. But yeah, in, enjoyed it. Now, uh, one more high school question. Um, you know, golfers. I mean, it's a very, you know, technical sport. Of course, there's you know, mental and physical in there too. But uh, it takes a lot of time to become that good. Were you, were you able to um, participate in any other sports? Let's say during junior high or high school, or was is it always just the golf? Yes, yeah, funny you say that. Um, I always loved basketball growing up, um, but you know, so I ended up going to tryouts for my high school basketball team my my freshman year, and um, always knew I was a lot better at golf than I was at basketball. I knew I wasn't going to be six seven, um, so that was never you know a part of the question whether or not that was going to make me any money. But uh, ended up making the team my freshman year, and and went to our first team meeting, and he goes, "All right, we'll get practice six days a week and games one day a week." I'm well, that's that's not going to work. That leaves absolutely zero time for golf. So I ended up not playing on the team and just and just focusing on golf as much as it pained me. And I love basketball and and still you know enjoying going and shooting around when I can. Um, it just just wasn't in the cards to be able to to do both, unfortunately. Okay, now uh, with your own uh, uh, Columbus State uh, team, uh, are there any? Uh, five on five, three on three games uh, where you go out there and dominate them or uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you guys, you don't do that because of the injury risk. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, there's, there's certainly something to that. If we were ever going to go over and, and throw a little pickup game together, we'd be sitting in the trainer's room, getting our ankles taped before we went out there. Um, that would be, that would be a necessity, but no, my basketball days are over. Um, I've already had my fair share of wrist injuries. My wrist is totally, totally beat up at this point. Um, it's funny. I uh, I had a kid come for a visit about three weeks ago. Now I was showing him around, walked him out to the main basketball court here on campus, and he's six five. So he first thing he did was walk in there, jump up, and and hang off the rim. Sure. And look looks at me and goes, "Can you can you get rim? You know, I'm like five eleven. So it's I mean it's worth asking, but you know, I was like, yeah. I mean, I used to be able to hang off the rim. I had a pretty good I had a pretty good vertical back when I was in high school and in college. I played a bunch of pickup ball, so. Um, you know, I get a couple stretches in and, and try to get the quads loose to get a little hamstring stretch in and, and I go down and I get it to, you know, I go to jump and get a little bit of bend in my knees and I've never felt older in my entire life. I, I swear to you, I almost blew out both of my knees trying to jump. I don't think I had tried to jump in probably five years, like in, in any respect. Um, and it was a, uh, it was a scary moment. I probably got three or four inches off the ground. and was just really, really lucky um, and thankful that, that I didn't hurt myself. It was, as a feeling I've never, it felt like my knees were made of glass. It was a terrible, terrible feeling. Jeez, I'm a lot older than you, but I can certainly relate to uh, those moments. Now I got to ask you a question. Did you end up yeah. signing the kid? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Didn't have anything to do with my vertical. Thank God. Uh, so no, we, maybe we that's got to be part of your new uh recruiting pitch. Hey, watch me on this uh net here. 
<laughs> I would be, I would be, I would have to be dragged off the court if I, if I kept trying to do that every time I learned my lesson. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the oldest I've ever felt. And it's not even close, not even close. Wow. No more jumping for me. Great stories. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Lee McCoy. He is the uh, head golf coach for men and women at Columbus State University in Georgia. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. Your kids are on social media, and if you're not creating uh, posts that celebrate your teams and uh, you know acknowledge your student-athletes and all their accomplishments, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. Gipper's trusted and used by over 3,000 athletic departments across the country. You should be using it, too. Go to Gipper.com. Mention you heard about it on the podcast. You'll get a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Again, our guest is Lee McCoy. He's the head golf coach at Columbus State University, and that's in the great state of Georgia. Lee, uh, you took us on a, a, a magical journey of uh, your high school and, and your college golf career. Um, talk a little bit about, uh, a little more about that that pro career. You made a couple of different stops, you know, the, the tour up in Canada and, and also some PGA events. You know, for the, uh, you know, average AD that's listening, they probably say to themselves at least once on the golf course, hey, I could do that. Um, tell them why that's not uh, really true. Hey. <laughs> oh, golf is just not one of those games you can pick up at 20 years old or even 18 or even really, you know, 16, it seems like in most cases and, and really get to that top level. Um, it seems to be something that you have to pick up, you know, before the age of 10 to really develop um, into, into a tour player. I mean, that's just kind of the common denominator amongst all those guys. Um, but, you know, I've gotten a chance to fortunately to kind of see what it, what it looks like at the top level. And, uh, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to play in, in some of those events, but there were some guys that I came across and was fortunate enough to, to play with that made me feel like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, you know, there was some, some I got my main, my main story, and this is probably the highest point of my career. Um, like I mentioned, I grew up in Ennisbrook down in Tampa and um, got to play actually it's kind of pro career, but it's kind of college. I was, a, I was a senior in college and got a sponsor's exemption into that Valspar event down there. Um, never thought I would even get a tee time on Thursday. And, and that was a, an incredible moment to say the least um, ended up making the cut on the number and, uh, and shot 65 or six on Saturday. Next thing you know, I'm like T nine going into Sunday at, at my home event, like thinking this, this can't be real. Um, and to add on top of that, I ended up getting paired with Jordan Spieth on, on Sunday. Um, and this was back in 2015 or 16, where he had just come off his first master's win number one in the world. You know, he's, he's the golden child at, at that stage. And, you know, pretty much everybody that was at that event was there to, to watch him. Uh, and I was really lucky to have played with him some in college. So that kind of took a little bit 
of of edge off of it so to speak at least i had met the guy in the the star the, the shock of meeting him wasn't so crazy but um you know to get to play in an environment like that was was absolutely nuts um you know we we probably had i don't know ten thousand people following us on every hole the tournament director told me after it was over that we had like 70 percent of the of the spectators just following the two of us and that's certainly not because of me it was because jordan had just won the masters and he was he was there um but you know getting to play with him i really got to to see what it looked like at the top level and and the amount of control that those guys have with you know just the distance control is is nuts how consistent they are inside of 10 feet is is insane and um you know i felt like i was playing my absolute best golf and and it was pretty much on par with his average day um so it was even though i was there and i was you know kind of in contention to some to some respect i i left there feeling like wow that's that's about as good as i can possibly play and i beat jordan that day by two and he played what looked like awful for him he was frustrated the entire day i'm like wow my my bad's got to get a heck of a lot better if i'm going to compete out here so um yeah well kind of uh Going back to that, uh, you know, the the experience there with the crowds following you. A anybody, any hole where they're going, come on, Lee, or you know, in the hole, you know, we're yeah. getting it. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, there was a bunch of that. I think as the day went on, people started to kind of figure out that I was the local kid and that I was in college. And you know, when I was teeing off on the first tee, like, what's this kid doing up there? Play? You know, it didn't make any sense to a lot of folks. But I think I birdied. I think three out of the first five holes and and now I'm two off the lead and word started to kind of get around. It was, it was weird. The first probably seven or eight holes um, you could tell clearly that everybody was watching Jordan. So if, if Jordan finished out on the green first, everybody would leave. Yeah. So good. I would, I would have to finish up my three footer while everybody and the brother was walking. Um, and then by the, by the back nine and, you know, I'm a few ahead of him at this point and I'm, and I'm and a lot closer to the lead. People were starting to leave with me instead of him. That was, that was nuts. I, I couldn't believe that. And there was, there was one, I made like a 35 footer on, on the 12th hold for birdie by far the longest putt I've made all week. And, you know, it was that hole with the big Hooters tent and it's, you know, the more, more intoxicated folks on that hole by far than any other hole on the course. And when that putt went down, um, the roar was so loud. I, I could, the ground shook underneath my feet. Like it was the strangest thing. I, I know I'll never feel it again. I'm okay with that. I'm just extremely lucky that I, that I got to feel it one time, but we walked off of that green and Jordan put his arm around me on the next tee box. He goes, man, I haven't heard one like that since Augusta. Like I'm doing something right. That's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, it, that was a while back, but now, you know, you yeah. run into Jordan at an event or, or something like that, you know, maybe in a bar, you know, Hey, Spieth, remember that day of Val's bar? Okay. Remember yeah. that? Uh, or you don't go there. No, definitely not going there. Nothing but love and respect for the dude. If he, if he even remembered me, I would be impressed. I was, I was, you know, that's getting on, man, that's, that's eight years ago now, which, you know, when you're, when you're traveling every single week, that's, that's a lifetime ago. Um, you know, time can, can move a little bit slowly out there when, when it's one holiday and express after another. Uh, well, what a great memory. Uh, you're, you're always going to have that. that. That's great. Yep. Yep. Let's go and talk about 
the process that it brought you now to Columbus State. Uh, I'm going to guess, but you're going to tell us, you know, you, you left the tour to, you were um, a student assistant uh, or GA for uh, University of Georgia where you played. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So um, you know, backtracking a little bit, I, um, I had a car accident not too awful long after I got out of college and, and broke my wrist Um had it fixed, played for a year, had it fixed again, played for a year, kind of went down that path and eventually deteriorated to the point where I had to have it fused. And um, anyway, it was, you know, it's not like I just walked away because I, you know, whatever, I, I, I just couldn't practice anymore. Um, not a, not an ideal situation, obviously, but uh, once I realized that my playing career was over, um, you know, I turned pro with, I ran out of eligibility when I turned pro, but I still had like 22 hours or something of, of college left to finish up. And if you want to be a college coach, as you well know, you have to have a degree. So um, for college coaching was always plan B. Um, so I immediately went back and, and finished up my degree and was, and was fortunate enough to, uh, to be a, a student assistant coach with the, um, with the university of Georgia golf team this, this past year. Um really enjoyed it got to travel with the team some spent a ton of time on the range just you know kind of being a being a sounding board more than more than anything talking to to guys about the mental stuff how to prepare how to practice and you know trying to beat them in chipping contests and stuff like that it was a good time oh no absolutely i'm sure you know they they wanted to uh you know take down the uh you know sec player of the year and all american uh you know so uh you know and you were basically still their age right <laughs> yeah well i certainly still look like i'm their age that's for sure i'm I'm 29 uh looking like i'm 18 over here at some point it's going to pay off for me but uh but no it was I, I think i was a lot more competitive um when it came to the chipping contest than than they were because by that point you know I, I wrist had gotten to the point where it is now where i can't really play all I can do is all I can do is beat you in a chipping contest. So I take it quite seriously. That's, that's my whole, that's my whole outlet for, for competing. So uh, I was giving it everything I had and got beat more, more often than I would like to admit, unfortunately. Uh, well, I'm sure you uh, had your share of victories too. For our listeners, uh, once again, our guest is Lee McCoy. He's the head golf coach for men and women at Columbus state university in Georgia. Um, we're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back with more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. When you're ready to purchase, mention the podcast. They'll give you a nice little discount. The Wall of Fame's uh, interactive touchscreen uh, video console. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or just showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com to find out more information. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a huddle school and our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that helped them coach our kids up to the highest level. Go to huddle.com. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school 
into a huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Lee, uh, again, you've done a great job of, of sharing your story, uh, you know, high school, college, uh, you know, and again, the accident. Uh, let's talk about your path now. Uh, you recently signed on as the head coach at Columbus State. Uh, how did that happen? You know, did you seek them out? Did they come to you? And and maybe tell us a little bit about the program and, and some of your plans for it. I definitely seek them out. Um, there's no, there's no question about that. As, as all the coaches listening would know, the first, the first job is the hardest one to get, um, you know, getting your foot in the door is, is the, uh, is the big task. So um, I was definitely keeping my ear to the ground and, and hit my sources up as often as I possibly could throughout the course of this past school year, just to see, you know, what was going to open up and, and it was patience was the hardest thing. Um, you know, I kind of had to wait till the end of the spring. I knew that going in, but, you know, come middle of the spring, man, when am I going to hear about something? When am I going to hear about something? Um, but, you know, it, it all kind of happened at once. And, and you know, one day there's no jobs available. And, and the next thing you know, I've I've got five or six schools that I, I know the coaches and um, and that sort of thing. So um, funny enough, I, I uh, when I heard this job was available, I, I knew that one of the guys on the board here at the school is a guy that um, helps run the Haskins Award, uh, which is given out to the to the, co the top college golfer um, every year. And, and I was a runner up for that back in the day. So so I went back with him and um, ended up meeting him out at one tournament that, that he went to, which happened to be regionals down at, at UGA. And um, just kind of chewed fat with him for, you know, I think three or four hours and, and got my foot in the door that way, got to got to know the coach that I replaced, really good dude. Um, and, you know, through that process, I heard about some other jobs and um, it kind of came down for me between do I want to go um, be an assistant at a D1 school or do I want to go D2 and go straight into a head job? Um, definitely a tough decision to, to make. Um, you know, I knew things would be a little bit easier, so to speak, as, as an assistant. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I, I really felt like the best thing for me long term was just to kind of, um, you know, take the bull by the horns, throw myself in the deep end, whichever, whichever phrase you want to use, um, and just kind of learn as everything as, as quickly as I could. Um, the golf stuff was, was never really much of a concern. I, feel confident in, in my knowledge of, of the game and what it takes to, to prepare and the mental side and all, and all that stuff. It's for me, it was, it was more about, and it still is learning, learning more about, you know, the compliance end of things and managing scholarships and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm continuing to, to learn through the course of this year, um, but really enjoying the process, just trying to be a, a sponge and um, I'm, I can, I can definitely say I'm a lot more confident and comfortable than I was a month ago when I started. Um, so, but everybody here at Columbus state has been, has been awesome and everybody's been extremely helpful and helping me learn everything along the way. And I'm really grateful to, to them for, for giving me the opportunity. You know, um, I'm going to ask you a question and forgive me the clumsy way I set it up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think people outside of athletics or have never been out on the golf course. Again, I'm a horrible golfer. I love to go out, but uh, I don't spend the time practicing to move out of that horrible race. I think there's a uh, a stereotypical image of, you know, let's not a college coach, of course, a high school golf coach of, you know, uh, all right, 
guys or girls, I'll, I'll, I'll see you out the course and they go to the driving range, hit a bucket of balls, and then they pick them up at the end of the day. <laughs> what, what's the routine for a college golfer? Um, and again, we saw the Netflix, uh, you and I both watched the Netflix thing. You certainly know it firsthand, but uh, there's a lot more to it than that. So describe for that non-golf person who's listening, you know, what's the typical routine for a, uh, a top level golf player and a golf coach? Yeah, well, there's, there's different ways to do it for sure. Um, and I'm doing things, I think a good bit differently than the coach I replace. Um, you know, just for example, before I got here, they were practicing every day from, from one to four, um, and I don't have any practice hours. You come and go as you please, get done what you want to get done and go about your merry way. Um, and and as I, I remind these kids frequently, it is never, ever going to get any easier than it is right now to get in as much work as, as possible. So take advantage of the time that you have. I know class isn't fun and, and I hated going to class as much as the next guy. Trust me, I'm so glad to be done with school. Um, but uh, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's easy right now. I take care of all your scheduling for you. I, you know, I, I drive you to every tournament. I pay for all of your meals. Um, and I think it's, it's easy to take for granted how, you know, how well set up you are here with four different golf courses to play out of. You have your own practice facility and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, when you turn pro, if you're not lucky enough to have, uh, you know, a bunch of endorsement deals and a bunch of money in your pocket to go, you know, buy a membership at a nice club and and fund your eight to ten thousand dollar a month expenses for traveling and trying to make it out there. Um, you know, it's it can be it can be tough for a lot of guys. And and right now everything is free and and you can work as much as you want when pretty much whenever you want. So um, my perspective on it is to kind of help the guys and the girls to to develop some work ethic. And in my mind, if, if you're only being here because I'm forcing you to be here, then, then that isn't really developing much work ethic. I would rather you be here because you want to be here and, and get used to what it feels like to, to wake up early on, on your own accord and come out here. So um, I don't force them to be here at any specific times, but I kind of expect them to be here all the time, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, and I think they get that and they, they seem to appreciate the freedom. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now I'm going to guess that when, you know, you're recruiting a golfer or maybe after they get on board, um, you know, there's going to be those conferences, you know, one-on-one -on -one where, you know, Hey, I've watched you play and, you know, you do this really well. I think you can get better at this. Um, you know, is that where you see your role is, is kind of helping them design their training? For sure. I mean, a, a big part of it is teaching the, these kids how to practice. You know, I mean, you can come out here for three and four hours a day and and not be extremely productive if you're out there trying to put, you know, the club in, in a position for four hours and haven't done anything but hit 307 irons. That's not um, that's not the most productive way to go about things. So I've, I'm not forcing anybody to do anything a certain way. I don't want to, you know, try to turn you into me or say this is the only way that it can be done. But, you know, I'm. I've given everybody a lot of ideas on what I think are the correct ways of, of doing it. And a, a lot of folks were already pretty close to on the right track. And, um, you know, just rather than going out and working on your swing every day, you know, there's, which I think most kids kind of fall into that trap of if I'm going to get to the tour, I need to have this, you know, this swing that looks like Adam Scott and, 
I think it's a lot more beneficial to maybe spend, you know, if you're talking about time hitting balls, maybe 10% working on your swing and 90% working on hitting different shots and working on distance control. And, um, you know, I, I, I have these guys and girls hitting an absolute ton of wedges, um, which is, I think, something that is again missing with a with a lot of junior players everybody wants to go out and work on their you know they they run through the wedges and the nine irons really quickly move up to seven six iron and next thing you know they hit 60 drivers and you know i would prefer you to hit you know go out to the golf course late at night by yourself and and hit uh you know five or six drivers off of tee box and hit some different shapes and, and try to learn those feels rather than just try to you know, come up with some sort of a, whatever you think a perfect golf swing is. Yeah. Obviously there's a, a ton that goes into it, you know, plus, you know, the biomechanical analysis and, and, and all that stuff. Um, Lee, if one of our listeners, um, who again, probably an AD or a coach uh, wanted to reach out, maybe pick your brain a little bit. Um, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you there at uh, Columbus state? Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. Um, my my email is is on the website. Um, it's McCoy underscore Terry one at Columbus State edu. Um, definitely feel free to, to reach out anytime. I'm here. Okay, and again, this is not uh, Lee talking. This is your host Jake talking. If you have any golf pro, uh, prodigies or uh, you know potential recruits, you know please uh, you know have them look uh, uh, at Columbus State University. We're going to take another break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but we're coming back with more with our guest, Lee McCoy, the head golf coach at Columbus State University. That's down in Georgia. Let's take that break. We'll see you. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our friends at Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards for their support. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Uh, we use it for home games, of course, but we also used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. Their team is going to show you how to set up and sell tickets to your events online, not just athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Lee, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you're doing or plan on doing with your program at Columbus state, or maybe there are things that you've seen in the programs you've been associated with that you would call best practices, things that you would want to share with our listeners. Uh, anything come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of go back to what we honestly, what we just talked about a minute ago where, um, you know, inspiring a, a 
an environment that, you know, kind of puts work ethic before anything else. Um, you know, I think freeing what, I don't know how much this would apply to other sports. I think it's a great fit for golf. Um, especially when you're lucky enough, like we are to have our own practice facility, which we have access to 24 hours a day. Um, you know, giving kids the freedom to, to come out and do their own thing on their own time and not feel like they're guided or having their, their hand held every single step of the way. Um, you know, in golf, when, when you turn pro, all of a sudden you've got all this time on your hands, um, to do with whatever you want. Um, and it can be a little bit overwhelming, I think for, for some folks that have, you know, been told when to be where every step of the day, every day of the week. Um, so that's, I think the most important thing that that I'm doing for these kids is encouraging them to, uh, you know, to kind of go out of their way on on their own time to get their work in rather than than me telling them what to do and, and when to do it. You know, um, and, and again, it, this is your first year as the head coach, so I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Um, have you had to deal with, say, a student athlete or even with a parent uh, where you know, you were at odds or they were at odds with you on, you know, how to do a particular thing. And, uh, you know, if so, how did you go about working that situation that every coach, every AD has to deal with? Yeah, I I guess I've been fortunate. I mean, but I've been, you know, I feel like I've done most of the right things in my first, I've only been here for not even six weeks, I don't think yet. So I'm, I'm still definitely getting my feet wet. I, I haven't really had any any altercations with any players or, or anything like that. Um, you know, it seems like people have been really hungry for knowledge and, and suggestions. So uh, the majority of what I've been doing outside of, you know, sitting behind a computer for the amount of time that I have doing scheduling and all that fun stuff, um, you know, is just offering up tips on, on how to practice effectively. And I, I haven't had any, any bad feedback if they haven't liked anything that, that I've had to say that they, they haven't given me any grief about anything. Um, but you know, one thing that I try to, to remind everybody whenever they do, um, ask me for help with their swing or help with their putting or whatever is, is, you know, my main goal is to help these players find their own swing, find their own putting stroke. And, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, so I always go in with the mindset of reminding them, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some suggestions. Here's what I think. And your and here's what I see in your swing, but please, I'm begging you, tell me what feels good and tell me what feels horrible. Feel free to take any suggestion that I give you on your golf swing and throw it in the trash. Because I've seen, you know, you watch the way Victor Hovland swings the club. I can't, I was never able to play from, from the positions that he does. You know, he's set up shut. I used to set up wide open and that's just how things kind of panned out for me. So, um, I, I'm I'm trying to rather I think a lot of swing coaches and golf coaches in general try to mold their players into themselves. Um, that's a, that's a swing coach's first instinct is here's how your swing looks different than mine. I'm going to try to make you do it like I do it. Um, so I'm trying to be really conscious about staying away from that and encouraging people to find their own feels, find their own swings, and and even if something doesn't look picture perfect on video that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong for you um, something technically incorrect could be exactly how you need to be doing it um, if you like to come back super duper shut with the face and that's how you get a better feel of the club face going back 
then that's how you need to be doing it. Um, you know, there's, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer here. So I think that's one thing that I think kind of surprised a lot of players when, when I got here is no, I, I don't have all the answers because there, there is no answer when it comes to a lot of this stuff, but I can, I can help you filter through some stuff and figure out what, what works for you and, and what doesn't. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's the answer uh, that we have to give. There is no one answer, you know, for everybody, um, you know, r regardless of the sport. So, you know, yeah. good stuff. Um, you shared with me a little bit of the history of Columbus State uh, National Championships. Uh, and again, it's a Division II school. Um, uh, again, this might be a clumsy way to word it. Uh, how far off of returning to that level are you and what are maybe some of the things that you're looking to do, you know, in the coming seasons? Uh, I don't think we're that far off. I'm, I'm actually really excited about the team that, that I've got this year. Um, I've inherited a lot of really good players. Um, I've brought in two transfers in the tiny little bit of time that, that I've been here. Um, we only had six players on our, on our roster. And for those that, that don't know, and I'm talking about the men's team. Um, when, when I got here, we only had six players and only five travel. Um, and how college golf generally works is you, you qualify for, for those five spots. So, you know, for example, we're playing six qualifying rounds before we go to our first event and whoever has the top, who's ever in that top five after six rounds, that's who's playing. So, um, I immediately came in and said, okay, six doesn't really create a very competitive environment. Um, so I've got to find a couple of more guys, which I did. And, you know, eight, I think is a pretty solid number. I've always, I've always liked, you know, eight, eight to 10. I think that makes a, a pretty nice competitive environment where you don't, you know, have maybe that, that one guy or those two guys that are, um, that are not quite keeping up. That's going to keep it a lot more competitive. So fortunate to, to be able to get that done in that little stretch of time that I've been here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, bringing those players in and, and it's that, uh, you know, how big is that gap? How big is that fall off? You know, you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, one, two, and three, usually pretty solid. And then that fourth or fifth player, uh, but trying to qualify for that last position, you know, if, if those players are, you know, pretty equal in talent, you know, that that's going to make for some great competition within the team uh, yeah. to make the team that much better. And it's, it's fun to watch too. I'm looking forward to those last couple of qualifying rounds when you get that, you know, those five and six guys, um, kind of going, going head to head that final round. That's as good as watching a couple of guys try to win a golf tournament. I mean, there's almost more on the line because, you know, the last thing any kid wants to do is call their parents and tell them they're not getting on the bus this week. Uh, that's, that's always a painful phone call to make. I'm, I'm sure I remember doing it my freshman year and, and calling dad and going, well, I missed qualifying by two. It's, it's heartbreaking. Um, it, it is, but um, makes for some good entertainment on the coaching side to watch those kids go out there and, and, uh, and battle it out when you have, you know, when you have eight guys that can, that can get in that lineup, it, it tends to make people work a lot harder than, you know, having, having only six and those top three or four guys feeling like their spot is relatively guaranteed. Right. And, and it creates, as we said, that great competition uh, that they can take those lessons with them out when they're playing another school uh, or in a big tournament. Um, yeah. you know, very cool stuff. And again, golf, it, it's a very much, uh, you know, like track and swimming is that you, know, you really can't blame the coach. You know, Hey, how come my kid's not playing? How come my kid's not on the travel team? Well, it's 
it's head to head. Okay. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's not that we like uh, Billy better than we like Tommy, you know, uh, Tommy beat him. Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of, up. a lot of coaches seem to go down the route of, you know, qualifying for three spots and picking two or qualifying for two and picking three. And, and I've always thought that was just no offense to any of the other coaches that might be doing it that way that are listening. I, you know, I, I've just never really understood it. Once you start playing favorites and, and picking guys, you want to get involved with some parents in the wrong way. That's, that's how you start. Why aren't you picking my kid? Why aren't you picking my kid this way? Hey, it's, I didn't, I didn't do it. I set them all up. It's an equal chance. They had six rounds and that's, that's the way it shook out. So I'm, I'm a big believer and and you have to, you have to earn your spot. Now, now again, we're, we're talking about a, a division to uh, a nationally competitive uh, college program. What you just described, we use that exact same formula with our middle school program at the school I was at. Um, we, we had like, I don't know, 15 golfers on our middle school team one year. We were a small private school um, and you only got to play five each week. And so, you know, we had a couple of kids, as you can imagine, at that age, they were pretty good. And then we had a bunch of kids, you know, they were teaching them which end of the club to hold. But we still wanted to give them that opportunity. So, you know, we, we let the, you know, the, I think the coach did the top three. And for the other tournaments, we just rotated that uh, the kids through and everybody ended up getting, I think at least four competitive uh, tournaments or, or uh, matches <laughs> over the course of the year, but yeah. that's middle school. You know, that's, yeah. it's not college. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. We're going to go and take another break, but we're coming back. Uh, once again, our guest is Lee McCoy, the head golf coach for men and women at Columbus state university in Georgia. Let's take that break. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile for their support of the podcast. Go to snapraise.com. That's the uh, website. Um, they have an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. Snap Raise is hands down the best one available. But there's so much more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find them all at Snap raise.com that's snapraise.com we also want to say thank you to home campus home campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast it's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling student athlete eligibility and clearance uh, coaches clearance and a whole lot more as an athletic director i used home campus every single day and it was just fantastic to find out more about how Home Campus can help you, all you need to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. Make sure you check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Lee, one of the topics that we've had pretty much since the podcast started has to do with the idea of coaching toughness. Now, 100 years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, you know, come on, you got to be tough or come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. And I think we knew what they meant. And, you know, we did it in the many years since I was in high school. Uh, we have figured out much better ways to coach our kids. But I still feel toughness is an important aspect of sports and of life. So here's my question for you. 
how can a, a coach or an athletic director help uh, a Generation Z kid to develop toughness while also being aware of the very real challenges that that they face that I never had to go through back when I was in high school. Uh, do you have any advice for us? I, I think it starts with, with kind of getting back to, to the little things, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in being on time, um, you know, stuff like that. I'm a big believer in getting good grades. Um, you know, if, if you show up late to a team meeting or if you come back with a D and what I know is, is an easy class, you know, uh, you're, you're going to hear from me about it. And there may be some, some ramifications when it comes to that. Um, I, I try to remind these kids that it's, um, that it's never going to get any easier than it is right now. Um, if you decide to just pack it in for a day and, and not show up to practice or, you know, take, take three days off, even when you're feeling well, you know, you can, you can get away with that to some extent in college, but, you know, I try to remind them, um, you know, that this isn't what the real world looks like. I know this is a big step forward and, and getting into college is a big deal and you've got all this time and, the, and that's great, but, um, you know, not showing up for your job for, for three days whenever you, you end up getting one, which you more than likely will. Um, you know, it's it's not, it just doesn't work that way. You know, you got to put everything you can into, into whatever you're doing, um, you know, your whole life going forward. So I, I, I try to preach that you, you just can't get away with those little things. So, um, you know, just being on time, being accountable, getting good grades, all the, all the, just, it's about to me, more than anything, it's about that little stuff and, and learning how to to be an accountable person as, as early as possible. Well, th there's an old saying, it's uh, the little things add up to be the big things. Uh, but uh, you hit on a great point. Um, and it, I think it's critical with Generation Z kids or with anybody is just communicating. Hey, this is what we expect. This is what we mean. You know, if you're talking about toughness, uh, it's not, you know, running through a brick wall. It's as you said, getting up in the morning, going to class, you know, doing your best in class, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a general kind of vibe that I've picked up with, with some of the, in my generation was bad enough. So I, I don't, I can't throw too many stones at, at Gen Z. I'm just right there in front of them. And, and um, so, yeah, I, I can't throw too many stones, but I think a lot of kids out there seem to picture themselves at, at 40 years old with $20 million in the bank and, and don't really have a clue in the world how it's going to happen. Um, and that, and that's troubling <laughs> to say the least. Um, there's, there's gotta be a plan. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in having a plan and, and trying to lay yourself out a, a roadmap. That's great for you to picture yourself on the PGA tour and in the top 10 in the world, but, it's a lot more useful to lay out a roadmap of exactly how you're going to get there. What is, you know, what do you really think it's going to take? What do you really need to do in the meantime to prepare yourself to, to get to that level? Don't just sit around and wait for it to happen. You got to go out and take it today. You got to go out and take it tomorrow. And you know, the thousands of days after that, um, because there's always going to be somebody out there working harder than you, no matter how hard you try. So um, you got to give it everything you you can while while you can. Uh, I I love it. Uh, I'm excited to see the uh, the George. Excuse me, I said it again. The Columbus State <laughs> University uh, golf program in the coming years. I think they've got great stuff ahead of them. 
Lee, this has been so cool connecting, uh, you know, hearing your story and finding out more about the program, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox, and sometimes we call it the coach's toolbox. Uh, this is going to be very fitting. Um, you know, you certainly know your way around the world of golf as an athlete, but as a new coach, uh, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director or coach on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, we're yeah. going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to find out what a new coach, Lee McCoy, is going to put into his new coach, new AD toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, uh, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent um, or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting with Lee McCoy. He's the head golf coach at Columbus State University. It's a Division II program in Georgia. It just had a great time visiting with him. And he's a brand new coach. He's been on the job, uh, in his own words, about six weeks. Uh, but right now, I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new coach or AD. Uh, I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So this is going to be interesting. Lee, what three items are going to go into your new ad new coach toolbox so these are all going to be these are all going to be geared towards a brand new coach based off of what i think i've learned over um over my first few weeks on the job um and on the top of that list which i think is is the most important is do not be afraid to ask questions i know it can i know it can be easy and i fell into the trap of of not wanting to ask too much and and seem you know a little seem green but i am green i'm brand new and this is my first coaching job so i had to kind of set set pride aside there and and not be afraid to ask questions or even you know if you forget something or you know you need more more clarity on something ask twice ask three times get them to explain it get ask somebody to dumb it down um you know i i've just kind of tried to be as transparent as possible with with my superiors especially and say hey guys i'm I'm trying to be a sponge and soak this up but some of this stuff i don't know what half these acronyms mean but like you know there's there's just been some instances where i've had to say okay slow down i'm i i think i hear you but one more time from the top if you don't mind um so so that would be that would be number one um the second thing that I've that I've already started doing, and we had a little meeting here this morning um, with with some with some people in the uh, in the community, some former players, some boosters, and things. Um, I think building a support group is is huge. Um, you know, getting a a group of people together, and I think this really applies to any sport. Where um, you know we're going to be meeting 
I've got 10 or 12 guys on, on our little group that we're going to be meeting once a month to just kind of talk about the needs and the wants and the budgets and this and that and try to, you know, get a, a good group of guys together, um, you know, former players and alumni and, and boosters to kind of brainstorm together. And, uh, you know, no matter how smart you are, putting 12 people in a room um, that know about the game and know about the university is, is going to be a better option. Somebody's going to come up with something that you that would have never crossed your mind. Um, so building a, a support group of people that you can trust, um, whether you want to call it a booster club or, or whatever, I think that's a that's a really important aspect of it. Um, number three would would be um, getting in touch with with the community. Um, I think coming in as a new coach, it's one of the most important things I can do is uh, to participate in as, in as many local things as I can, whether it be, you know, junior clinics or showing up to, you know, charity scrambles or, um, you know, getting my players to go play in some charity scrambles for nothing, um, you know, whatever opportunities pop up to allow you to show your support to the, uh, to the community is going to be um, nothing but, but beneficial long-term. So um, I know, it, especially for me, I'd never been to Columbus before I started this job. So I, I'm brand new here. I have no idea where I'm going. I, everything is getting put in my GPS every day. I'm lost. Uh, but I, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing my best to try to get in touch and get to know as, as many people in this community that are involved in any way near golf and, and try to support all those folks to the best of my ability. Well, you probably saw me scribbling those uh, tool tips down. Um, very impressive for a, a young uh, new coach right out of the gate. Uh, all three of those are, you know, at or near the the top five of all the tools that we've collected over the three years that we've been doing this. So, uh, you know, well awesome. done. Uh, sounds like you've got I'm some good right. tools. You got some good tools. All right. Hey, we had a little uh, recording hook. Uh, hiccup there, but we're back now. Uh, Lee, again, great, great tools for any uh, coach or athletic director. Um, one more time, if, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, or find out more about the uh, Columbus State University Golf Program, what's the best way they can get hold of you? Yeah, the email is on the website. It's McCoy underscore Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, the number one at columbusstate.edu. Don't, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Well, Lee, all the best to uh, you and the Cougar uh, golfers, both the men and women, uh, this coming season and beyond. And uh, all the best to you, um, you know, in your coaching career. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. You were great. For listeners, uh, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.